Hello and welcome back to As Yet Unexplained, the podcast that explores the mysteries of the universe. In part one of this two-part series, we delved into the baffling events of the Battle of Los Angeles, an infamous incident that took place on the night of February the 24th, 1942, just a few months after the US entered World War II. As you may recall, during the Battle of LA, a strange object was spotted in the skies over Los Angeles, triggering a massive anti-aircraft barrage that lasted for hours. Yet despite the intense firepower, no enemy planes were ever found, and the object vanished without a trace. In this episode, we will explore some of the most compelling theories and explanations for what may have really happened that fateful night. Before we delve into the various theories surrounding the Battle of LA, let's quickly recap what we have learned in part one. We discussed the events leading up to the Battle of LA, including the context of World War II and the threat of enemy attack on US soil. We also reviewed the eyewitness accounts of the strange object in the sky, which ranged from descriptions of a giant balloon to a mysterious aircraft. We explored the government's response to the incident, including the official explanation of a false alarm caused by war nerves, and the subsequent investigations that failed to resolve the mystery. Finally, we briefly touched on some of the alternative explanations and conspiracy theories that have emerged over the years, including the idea that the object was an extraterrestrial spacecraft. Now, in part two, we will dive deeper into these and other theories, examining the evidence and weighing the arguments for and against each one. From secret weapon tests to weather balloons, to visitors from another world, the Battle of LA remains one of the most enigmatic and debated events in modern history. So buckle up, and let's explore the unexplained. Before we begin, we would like to provide a brief warning The subject matter we'll be discussing in this episode may contain unsettling descriptions and could be distressing for some listeners. We advise caution if you are easily affected by such content. However, if you are feeling brave and curious, please sit back and immerse yourself in this mysterious tale. We value your support and would like to encourage you to like, subscribe or leave a review on your preferred platform if you have enjoyed this episode. However, We would like to remind our listeners that with every story there are always victims. So please spare a moment to reflect on those who have been affected by these unexplained phenomena. The Photograph Upon seeing the photograph for the first time, 
Ben Hansen thought that it might be actual proof of a UFO caught in the beams of the searchlights. As a UFO investigator, he's interested in covering the mystery. Los Angeles is a city that continues to get a large number of strange UFO sightings. I am here to discuss the so-called flying saucers. The Air Force interest in this problem has been due to our feeling of an obligation to identify and analyze to the best of our ability anything in the air that may have the possibility of threat or menace to the United States. In pursuit of this obligation since 1947, we have received and analyzed between one and 2,000 reports that have come to us from all kinds of sources. Of this great mass of reports, we have been able adequately to explain the great bulk of them, explain them to our own satisfaction. We've been able to explain them as uh, hoaxes as erroneously identified friendly aircraft, as meteorological or electronic phenomena, or as light aberration. Project Blue Book was a United States Air Force program that investigated reports of UFOs from 1952 to 1969. One of the cases it investigated was a sighting in 1957, just south of Los Angeles and over El Toro, California. On August the 31st, 1957, local residents reported seeing a bright object in the sky that was moving erratically. The object was also detected on radar by the Air Force, which sent jets and helicopters to intercept it. The object was seen and tracked for eight hours by both civilians and military personnel, but despite the efforts of the Air Force to intercept it, the object managed to evade detection. The case was eventually closed by Project Blue Book, with the official explanation being that the sightings were due to a combination of weather balloons and or other phenomena. The El Toro incident is just one of many UFO sightings investigated by Project Blue Book. While the program officially concluded that the majority of sightings were due to misidentifications of natural phenomena, some cases remain unexplained. Did the same phenomena happen in 1942? The Los Angeles event has one key piece of evidence that the El Toro incident does not have. A photograph published in the LA Times capturing the dramatic moment when the lights appeared to converge on something in the sky. Hansen is stated as saying that we really do not know much about where this famous photograph was taken. It's the only photographic evidence of that night which could possibly depict a UFO, but most people believe that it happened somewhere near the Baldwin Hills. The original caption to the published photograph read thusly, Seeking out object. Scores of searchlights built a wigwam of light beams over Los Angeles early yesterday morning during the alarm. This picture was taken during blackout, shows nine beams converging on an object in sky in Culver City area. The blobs of light which show at apex of beam angles are made by anti-aircraft shells. In order to determine whether there is really an object in the picture, Hansen needed to get hold of the actual negative. The only person who could help with this task was the archivist of the LA Times collection at UCLA, 
Simon Elliott. More than four million historic photographs from the LA Times are under Elliott's care, and he retrieved box number 3178 from the collection that should have the negative within it. He showed Hansen the original negative, which is completely underexposed, revealing only the searchlight beams with the original object completely gone. However, the photograph, as it appeared in the Los Angeles Times, has been heavily retouched. Retouching required copying negatives, enlarging details and even painting directly onto the celluloid. This begs the question, is the retouching simply to make the photograph look better in print? Was the retouching meant to insert an image of something that really was not there? And does the original negative contain details that are hidden in the published version? Before the analysis even began, Simon Elliott spotted something he had never seen before. There were notch codes on the edge of the negative that had a completely different match code. Out of the four million photographs in the LA Times collection, this was the first negative the archivist had seen that had been shot on a different film stock. Elliot noted that all Times photographers used the same film from the same manufacturer. The fact that this one is so completely different suggests that maybe the negative was not taken by a Times photographer. This raises the question of where it came from and leaves the mystery unsolved. Negatives in photography are the inverse of a photographic image, where the areas that appear dark in the image are actually light, and the areas that appear light in the image are actually dark. Forensic photo analysts like George Rees can use negatives to determine if two images are a single or separate exposure. In the case mentioned, George received high-resolution scans of negatives from Ben, which he used to analyse the allegedly doctored photo. To determine if the two images were of the same exposure, George overlaid the two negatives on top of each other. By doing this, he could see any differences between the two images. After conducting the overlay, George concluded that the two images were of the same exposure, meaning that they were not separate exposures taken at different times. Despite confirming that the two images were of the same exposure, George was unable to determine if the doctored photo was fake or not. It is unclear what methods George used to attempt to authenticate the photo, but it is likely that he used his expertise in photo analysis to examine the photo for signs of manipulation. However, without conclusive evidence, it is difficult to determine if the photo is indeed doctored or not. When studying the photo, anomalies such as the beams of light converging at a point and an object in the centre of the convergence can be observed. These anomalies could be the result of a variety of factors, including the way light reflects off objects at night. When light hits an object, it can reflect, refract or absorb the light. The way in which the light behaves depends on the properties of the object, such as its shape, colour and texture. In the case of the photo in question, George Reese examined the lines that seemed to be refracting off of something at the convergence point. He suggested that they could be refractions from an object that may be moving or translucent. This is because the way light reflects off objects at night can be different from during the day, due to the lack of ambient light and the different properties of objects in the dark. 
However, it is important to note that the interpretation of anomalies in a photograph requires expertise and scientific knowledge. As such, forensic photo analysts such as George Rees play a crucial role in examining and interpreting photographic evidence. Through their expertise, they can identify and analyze various factors that may affect the quality and integrity of photographic evidence. The fact that the original negative is missing is a mystery that has puzzled researchers for years. It is possible that the negative was misplaced or lost over time, but it's also possible that it was intentionally removed or destroyed. Without the original negative, it is difficult to know for sure the true origin and history of the photo. If the original negative were to be found, it could potentially provide more information about the object in the photo. For example, it might reveal details or markings that were not visible on the copy negative, or it might help researchers determine whether the photo was manipulated in any way. It's possible that the original negative could provide conclusive evidence about the object in the photo, one way or the other. Additionally, the fact that an object was not shot down despite being caught in the glare of the lights raises further questions. The photo's origins are tied to another UFO sighting that occurred in the same region, at the Mount Palomar Observatory. Located about 100 miles southeast of Los Angeles, the Mount Palomar Observatory is a world-renowned astronomical observatory located in San Diego County, California. It was first established in the 1930s and is currently operated by the California Institute of Technology. In the early 1950s, a series of sightings of unidentified flying objects were reported by several witnesses at the Mount Palomar Observatory. The most significant of these sightings was on November the 18th, 1950, when witnesses reported seeing 16 flying disks in a V formation and a cigar-shaped object traveling at high speed. The witnesses at the observatory reported that the UFOs were silent and had no visible means of propulsion. Geiger counter-readings at the observatory also went off the scale during the sightings, suggesting the presence of high levels of radiation in the vicinity of said UFOs. The sightings continued for nine days, with witnesses reporting multiple sightings each day. However, after November the 27th, the sightings abruptly stopped and no further sightings were reported. The UFO sightings at Mount Palomar Observatory have been the subject of much speculation and debate over the years. Some people believe that the sightings were evidence of extraterrestrial life, while others argue that they were simply misidentified natural phenomena or military experiments. Despite extensive investigations by the Air Force and other agencies, no conclusive evidence has been found to explain the sightings. The mystery of the Mount Palomar UFO sightings remain unsolved to this day. In addition to the photo that was published by the Los Angeles Times, other photographs taken on the night of the incident also failed to capture any clear images of this UFO. This lack of evidence has led skeptics to question the validity of the reports of UFO sightings. However, Eyewitnesses, including military personnel, claim to have seen a large object in the sky, 
and the fact that the military responded with anti-aircraft fire adds some credibility to the possibility of a UFO. Nonetheless, the idea that the object was a weather balloon or any kind of known aircraft has been challenged by the fact that the barrage of anti-aircraft fire did not bring it down. It remains a mystery what the object in the sky was and how it was able to withstand anti-aircraft fire. After the event... The statement made by the Japanese after the war that they did not send planes over the area at the time of the alert raises more questions than answers regarding the incident. It is possible that the object seen in the photograph was not of Japanese origin, and therefore the Japanese government would have no knowledge of it. Additionally, it is interesting to note that submarine-launched aircraft were subsequently used over Seattle, indicating that the possibility of an airborne attack was not out of the question. However, there is no concrete evidence to suggest that the object in the photograph was indeed a threat. Meteorological balloons, also known as weather balloons, were a crucial tool for gathering atmospheric data in the 1940s. These balloons were made of thin, high-quality rubber and were filled with hydrogen gas, which made them highly buoyant. As they ascended into the atmosphere, they carried a variety of scientific instruments that measured temperature, humidity, pressure, wind speed and other important meteorological data. The use of meteorological balloons in the 1940s was especially important for military operations. Weather forecasting was crucial for planning and executing military missions, and meteorological balloons provided the most accurate data available at the time. In addition to providing real-time data, the balloons could also be tracked using radar, which allowed meteorologists to map the upper atmosphere in real time. The US government played a significant role in the development of meteorological balloons during this period. In 1947, the US Air Force established the Air Weather Service, which was responsible for gathering and analyzing meteorological data for military operations. The Air Weather Service used a variety of instruments, including radiosons, which were small weather stations that were carried aloft by meteorological balloons. The 1940s also saw advances in the use of meteorological balloons for scientific research. In 1946, the US National Bureau of Standards launched a series of balloons that carried cosmic ray detectors into the upper atmosphere. These experiments provided important data for the study of cosmic rays and the Earth's upper atmosphere. During World War II, the Japanese military launched over 9,000 balloon bombs, also known as the Fugo, towards North America. These balloon bombs were launched in late 1944 and early 1945, and they were designed to travel across the Pacific Ocean and reach the United States and Canada. The balloons were made from lightweight paper and were carried by the jet stream. The Japanese hoped that the balloons would start massive forest fires, cause panic among the civilian population and divert military resources away from the front lines. For the past several months, since 10th March, long-range free balloons released in Japan carried explosives to the North American continent. 
easterly winds that prevail at 20 to 30,000 feet swept the balloons across the Pacific in from 85 to 135 hours. Aleutian-based fighters intercepted a number of the balloons and made photographic passes before shooting them down. About 33 feet in diameter, the balloons were filled with 19,000 cubic feet of hydrogen gas. Ballast dropping mechanism and bomb loads were hung about 45 feet below the bag. When hit with incendiaries, the balloons burned but did not explode. The balloons were equipped with altimeters, ballast and sandbags to control altitude and incendiary devices were attached to the balloon with a timer fuse. When the balloons reached a certain altitude, the timer would ignite the incendiary device, causing a fire. Some balloons were also equipped with high-explosive bombs. Despite the Japanese military's efforts, the balloon bombs were largely ineffective. Most of them fell harmlessly in uninhabited areas, while others caused small fires that were quickly extinguished. Only one balloon bomb attack caused any significant damage. On May the 5th, 1945, a balloon bomb exploded near Bly, Oregon, killing six civilians, including five children, who had been out on a picnic. The Japanese meteorological balloons were a largely forgotten and little-known aspect of World War II until recently. However, they represent an early example of intercontinental weapons delivery and a unique and innovative use of meteorological data. Overall, a careful examination of the evidence suggests that the most likely explanation for the initial alarm was the release of a meteorological balloon over Los Angeles. While the incident remains shrouded in mystery, this theory offers a plausible explanation for the events that took place on that fateful night in February 1942. The heavy firing of anti-aircraft artillery caused smoke from shell bursts to obstruct careful observation of the events that occurred during the Battle of Los Angeles. Despite initial claims from the acting commander of the anti-aircraft artillery brigade in the area that 15 planes were spotted, it was later determined that this was merely smoke. Notably, correspondents such as Ernie Pyle and Bill Henry were present during the incident but could not discern any aircraft amid the smoke. The purpose of the attack, which did not involve any bombs being dropped, remains unclear unless it was for reconnaissance. On November the 2nd, 1945, a story was published by National Wire Services that contained important information about the Battle of Los Angeles incident. The report likely reached a wide audience given the intense interest and speculation surrounding the incident at the time. It is worth noting that the timing of the report is significant, as it came several years after the incident and after the end of World War II. This suggests that there is still interest and curiosity about the incident long after it had occurred. The report run thusly. Tokyo, November 2nd. The Battle of Los Angeles was a myth. The Japanese did not send planes over the city the night of February the 24th to the 25th, 1942. A Japanese Navy spokespeople told the Associated Press today. The question was put to the spokesperson because Air Force authorities at San Francisco said last Sunday that planes, possibly Japanese, 
were overhead that night in 1942. Captain Omei of the Japanese Navy said, however, that a plane was launched from a submarine and sent over the southern Oregon coast on February the 9th, 1942, to attack military installations, but the lone plane was unable to discover any. Since shortly after the Battle of Los Angeles occurred, a theory has been around that suggests that the event was a deliberate hoax perpetrated by the government to fuel patriotic sentiment during the war. According to this belief, the US government staged the event in order to create fear and anger amongst the American people, which would then unite them in support of the war effort. Some proponents of this theory suggest that the government used weather balloons and or objects to create the appearance of an enemy attack. Others argue that the government used the incident as a way to test new military technology or to cover up some other secret activity. While there is no conclusive evidence to support this theory, it is not uncommon for governments to engage in propaganda and other forms of manipulation during wartime. The US government in particular has a long history of using propaganda to influence public opinion and to bolster support for military actions. However, it is worth noting that the majority of eyewitness accounts from the night of the air raid suggest that people genuinely believed that they were under attack. If the incident was indeed a hoax, it would have required a significant amount of planning and coordination to make it convincing enough to fool thousands of people. The UFO Theory Upon speaking to some of the individuals who were eyewitnesses to the events that transpired on that fateful night, it has become evident that there are varying accounts of what exactly took place. It appears that different individuals have differing recollections of the events that unfolded during the Battle of Los Angeles. When Ray Bingham was four years old, he remembered hearing air raid sirens on the night of February the 25th, 1942. He recalled going outside with his father and seeing searchlights scanning across the sky. Meanwhile, witnesses like Bill Tompkins saw something far more specific. Tompkins saw a very large round vehicle at about seven to 8,000 feet that just moved and stopped above them. He also claimed that there were other smaller vehicles that moved around and above them also. Although Ray Bingham does not remember seeing actual objects in the sky, he does remember the tense and frightening atmosphere. He recalled it being a sound and light show, which was quite an awesome sight. Tompkins, on the other hand, witnessed the shells blowing up on the bottom of the big vehicle that made no indication of damage to it. He was one of the few eyewitnesses who reported seeing this strange craft, and if the sighting is accurate, it could be America's first report of a flying saucer. Ben Hansen, a former FBI agent and UFO investigator, believes it may be the first and best documented sighting of a Los Angeles UFO. Today, Los Angeles is a UFO hotspot, with dozens of sightings per year. Sightings range from lights in the sky to strange craft that outfly Air Force jets. However, 
The Battle of Los Angeles, which took place that night, is shrouded in mystery, and whether or not it was a false alarm remains unclear. Declassified UFO government and military documents shed new light on what really happened that night. Based on a series of reports written at the time, the history of the 4th Anti-Aircraft Command is the only declassified account of the Battle of Los Angeles. Bill Tompkins claims to have never stopped thinking about the night it happened. He felt that an enormous extraterrestrial vehicle had passed over Southern California. Los Angeles has been a hotbed of UFO sightings for over 70 years, including one in 1954, where test pilots reported seeing a pencil-thin, stationary object floating horizontally in the sky, appearing solid and metallic. This sighting was included in Project Blue Book. The Los Angeles sighting from 1954 remains unsolved and unidentified, and it received a massive military reaction from jittery post-Pearl Harbor shore patrols. The situation surrounding the 1954 UFO sighting in Los Angeles becomes even more perplexing when considering the conflicting reports made by the LA Times correspondent Bill Henry. On one hand, Henry claimed that the unidentified flying object had managed to withstand direct hits from anti-aircraft shells. This would suggest that the object was highly advanced and potentially even more impervious to human weaponry. However, in a later section of the same column, Henry contradicts himself by describing the UFO as looking like a collection of balloons floating in the wind. These two accounts seem to be at odds with each other, leaving many to wonder which report was accurate, or if there is some other explanation for what had been seen in the sky that night. It is possible that Henry himself was unaware of what he had witnessed, and attempted to provide two different explanations for the sake of covering all possibilities. Alternatively, it's possible that the events of that night were so chaotic and so confusing that multiple interpretations and explanations could be derived from the same incident. Top Secret Documents The mystery surrounding the 1942 Battle of Los Angeles still remains unsolved. According to the official army file, something had crashed near downtown Los Angeles. Dr. Robert Wood is a retired aerospace engineer who spent 43 years working for McDonnell Douglas, a prominent American aerospace manufacturing company. He has also worked as an independent consultant and expert witness in patent litigation cases. Dr. Wood has a PhD in aeronautics and nuclear engineering from Connell University and has published over 70 technical papers and reports in the field of aerospace engineering. In addition to his professional credentials, Dr. Wood is known for his research and interest in UFOs. He has written several books on the subject, including The UFO Enigma, A New Review of the Physical Evidence, and Alien Viruses, Crashed UFOs, MJ-12 and Biowarfare. Dr. Wood has claimed to have received several top-secret documents relating to UFOs, including the four documents related to the Battle of Los Angeles incident. The memo from General George Marshall to President Roosevelt, written on February 26, 1942, is known as the Marshall Memo 
and is considered one of the most significant pieces of evidence related to the Battle of Los Angeles. In the memo, Marshall provides a detailed account of the events that took place on the night of February the 24th, 1942. According to the memo, the object was first spotted by radar at 2.15am, and within minutes, anti-aircraft guns were firing at the object, which was described as being as big as a dirigible and flying at an altitude of 9,000 feet. The memo goes on to detail the extensive search for the object after it disappeared from radar, which included the mobilization of aircraft and ground forces. The memo concludes by stating that the search was ultimately unsuccessful and it was unclear whether the object was a weather balloon or an enemy aircraft. It is noteworthy that the memo makes no mention of any recovered objects or any evidence of extraterrestrial craft. This memo is already confirmed and well known among historians, however the other four documents are in question. According to Dr. Wood, one of the other documents he received is a memo from President Roosevelt to General Marshall, written one week after the battle. The memo reportedly states that two unidentified flying objects were recovered, one in the San Bernardino Mountains and the other salvaged by the Navy at sea. This memo was supposedly written on March the 5th, 1942, just seven days after a supposed air attack on the Los Angeles area at around 3 a.m. Although the memo is unsigned and poorly smudged, it was given to Dr. Woods by Timothy Cooper, who is the primary source for most Majestic documents. The Majestic 12 or MJ-12 documents are a set of alleged top-secret memos and reports that supposedly provide evidence of a secret government organization created in the aftermath of the Roswell UFO incident in 1947. The MJ-12 documents were first publicly disclosed in the 1980s and 1990s by ufologists who claimed that they had been leaked by government insiders. The documents are said to describe the establishment of a secret committee composed of high-level military officials, scientists and government officials, tasked with investigating and covering up evidence of extraterrestrial life and technology. According to the documents, the MJ-12 committee was created by an executive order issued by President Harry S. Truman in 1947 and was authorized to operate in secret without congressional oversight. However, the authenticity of the MJ-12 documents has been widely disputed, with many experts and researchers concluding that they are likely hoaxes or forgeries. Several of these documents have been shown to contain anachronisms, inconsistencies and other errors that suggest they were created long after the events they purportedly describe. The Battle of LA memo in question is said to refer to another memorandum that Marshall wrote to the President on February the 26th, 1942. The memo read, Regarding the air raid over Los Angeles, it was learned by Army G2 that Rear Admiral Anderson, not legible, has informed the War Department of a naval, not legible, unidentified airplane off the coast of California, not legible. No bearing on conversational explanation. Further investigation has revealed the Army Corps also recovered a similar, not legible, San Bernardino Mountains east of Los Angeles, which cannot be identified 
as a conventional aircraft. This headquarters has come to the determination that the mystery airplanes are in fact not earthly and according to secret intelligence sources, they are in all probability of interplanetary origin. As a consequence, I have issued orders to Army G2 that a special intelligence unit be created to further investigate the phenomena and report any significant connection between recent incidents and those collected by the Director of the Office of Coordinator of Information. I have further ordered a thorough investigation of all War Department files regarding unconventional aerial phenomenon reported since 1897 and existing information on the subject. However, there is no other verification or support for these claims, and no other copies of the documents beside the ones that Dr. Woods claims to have received anonymously. Even UFO investigator Ben Hansen questions the authenticity of Dr. Woods' documents, stating that without the original documents, it is impossible to test the paper or ink and look for special qualities that would have been present in that time period. The mysterious documents are the only official connection of the Battle of Los Angeles with the idea of alien or extraterrestrial spacecraft. Without any reasonable source, these documents remain shaky evidence at best. All that remains are the official files reporting mysterious craft over Los Angeles, soldiers firing upon unknown targets, and eyewitness accounts. Bill Tompkins was one of the few who reported a bizarre-looking craft, unlike anything they had seen on Earth. Tompkins claimed that a massive extraterrestrial military organization had come to Earth two months after the United States went to war with Japan. The Battle of LA Today Every year in February, the Fort MacArthur Museum in Los Angeles Harbor hosts the Great LA Air Raid of 1942 event to commemorate the Battle of Los Angeles. However, Stephen Nielsen, a historian, prefers to take a different approach to remember the event. He hosts a celebration at the actual site of the air raid guns, which includes reenactors, 1940s music, and World War II veterans. This event is a tribute to the brave men and women who defended the city against what was thought to be a Japanese air raid during World War II. The event is held on the grounds of the museum, which was once an important military installation during the war. Visitors can experience the air raid through a series of interactive exhibits, including historical artifacts, photographs and audio and visual displays. The museum also offers guided tours of the barracks and other military facilities that were used during the war. The event features a variety of activities for visitors of all ages. One of the highlights is the reenactment of the air raid, which is performed by a group of actors dressed in period clothing. The reenactors use authentic military equipment and weapons to recreate the sights and sounds of the air raid. Visitors can also see vintage planes and vehicles from the war era as well as demonstrations of military manoeuvres and tactics. The event also includes live music from the 1940s performed by a group of musicians dressed in period costumes. Visitors can dance to swing music and enjoy food and drink from the era. In addition, World War II veterans are invited to attend the event as special guests, providing a unique opportunity for visitors to meet and talk with these 
heroic individuals. While the Fort MacArthur Museum events offer a comprehensive and immersive experience of the air raid, historian Stephen Nielsen takes a different approach to remember the event. Nielsen's celebration is significant because it takes place at the exact location where the air raid guns were fired during the actual event. This provides a more authentic experience and allows visitors to connect with the historical significance of the event on a deeper level. The celebration also serves as a tribute to the bravery and sacrifice of the soldiers who staffed the air raid guns and defended the city. Rather than dwelling on speculation about a possible UFO sighting, the men who served that night went on to do great things in World War II, and their story is more important than any theories about UFOs or similar phenomena, according to Nielsen. Ben Hansen has been investigating the Battle of Los Angeles for decades. Despite the numerous investigations that have been conducted into the event, Hansen maintains that the incident remains a mystery. This statement underscores the complexity and the elusive nature of the Battle of Los Angeles. Hansen's dedication to investigating the battle over the years underscores the importance of continued research and exploration into historical events that have left unanswered questions. As new technologies and methods of analysis emerge, there may be opportunities to shed new light on the incident and potentially unravel the mystery once and for all. Until then, the Battle of Los Angeles will remain a fascinating and enigmatic moment in American history that continues to captivate researchers and historians alike. The annual commemoration of the Battle of Los Angeles serves as an important purpose beyond simply remembering the events of the night. By honouring the men who served and sacrificed during World War II, the organisers hope to pay tribute to their bravery and dedication to their country. The commemoration also serves as a reminder of the sacrifices made by civilians during the war. The citizens of Los Angeles were in a state of heightened fear and anxiety at the time of the air raid, and many of them were affected by the incident in one way or another. The commemoration acknowledges their experiences and the impact that the event had on the local community. Furthermore, the commemoration helps to preserve the historical record of the event. By keeping the memory of the Battle of Los Angeles alive, researchers and historians can continue to study and explore the incident in the hopes of uncovering new information or insights. This ongoing research can help to shed light on the events of that night and provide a greater understanding of the context in which they occurred. The celebration of the Battle of Los Angeles also serves a broader purpose in terms of national memory and identity. By remembering and honouring the sacrifices made during World War II, we can gain a greater appreciation for the freedoms and opportunities that people enjoy today. It also serves as a reminder of the importance of remaining vigilant and prepared in the face of potential threats. Summary The Battle of Los Angeles remains one of the most mysterious events in American history. The official files reveal the confusion of that night, as government reports mention both planes and balloons in the sky, yet there is no conclusive evidence of either. Even the famous photograph of the incident is inconclusive, as the original has disappeared. 
The allegedly leaked documents of Dr. Wood refer to interplanetary aircraft, but their authenticity is seriously questioned. This lack of concrete evidence leaves the case study of the Battle of Los Angeles unidentified. Over the years, many theories and speculations have emerged about what really happened on the night of the air raid. Some believe that the incident was a result of mass hysteria, while others speculate that it was a deliberate hoax perpetrated by the government to fuel patriotic sentiment during the war. Still, others maintain that it was an actual enemy attack that was covered up by the government for political reasons. Despite the many theories, no conclusive evidence has been found to support any one theory over the other. This lack of concrete evidence has only fueled the mystery surrounding the incident. The truth of what happened on that clear, black night nearly seven decades ago will likely never be known. It now exists only in faded memory and vivid imagination, and as a historical curiosity with ample room to support a variety of conclusions and beliefs. In the end, the only thing that can be safely stated is that if there was something up there, then what was then called in war parlance an unidentified aerial target was the first modern, well-reported incident of what is now known as an unidentified flying object, or UFO. And that it, or them, if the reports of planes are to be believed, showed remarkable res resilience in the face of onslaught of more than 1,400 anti-aircraft shells lobbed with deadly intent into the sky. Despite the mystery surrounding the event, it represents a time when the country was under attack and the bravery of those who served to defend it. The incident has also played a significant role in popular culture and has inspired countless books, movies and TV shows. Ultimately, the Battle of Los Angeles will continue to intrigue and fascinate people for generations to come. Don't forget to subscribe, like and leave us a review. Your support means everything to us and it helps us to keep bringing you more heart-pumping episodes. Next week we're diving even deeper into the unknown as we explore a case so puzzling it's been baffling investigators for decades. We're talking about the enigmatic disappearance of an unidentified man known as D.B. Cooper, who hijacked a plane, extorted a hefty ransom and vanished into thin air. Join us as we unpack this gripping tale, examining all the clues and theories, and piece together the truth behind this enduring mystery. As always, we're on the hunt for more thrilling stories to share with you, our devoted listeners. So if you have any suggestions or cases that you think we should investigate, don't hesitate to reach out. Until then, keep your eyes peeled and your ears open, and join us again next week for another hair-raising adventure on As Yet unexplained. Thanks for listening.
If you are listening to this message, then the subliminal frequency has successfully calibrated to your mind. Do not be alarmed. I am here to advise you to explore the Occultaria of Albion. The Occultaria of Albion is both a written series as well as a podcast. It explores various locations where paranormal and supernatural events have occurred. It is a broadcast on a forgotten frequency. Hauntings, time slips, cryptids, cults and more are investigated and examined. Enter a world designed by torch and moonlight. Go to occultariaofalbion.com or search Occultaria of Albion wherever you find your favourite podcasts. End transmission.